Brodo friends, Brodo family, welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. But before we begin today, I want to let you guys in on a little peek behind the curtain. If we open up this curtain a little bit, you're going to see that we are always constantly working to get you new and innovative and visually appealing ways to get your fantasy football, to make you a fantasy champion. That is our goal here. And the way that we are helping you achieve your goal is with the Fantasy Football by Brodo app available now everywhere on this app which is constantly being updated let me tell you you already know what's on the app if you're a a brodo listener if this is the first time you're listening you can get literally every single stat about every player every coach's tendency you can get their their specs every single person's specs and this is historical too you can go back years and years and years we, and we have so much in the works on top of that. You can get our articles. You can get our rankings. You can get our waivers when the time comes. Um, the Honestly, the, the things that you can get on this app is everything you need to win fantasy in one shot. And it's constantly improving. More tools coming. We got two tools in sp- specifically that we are working on that we're very excited to roll out to you very soon. So don't wait for those tools. Um, get it before those tools drop and you can be one of those first people to get the tools. Remember, um, the fantasy football by Brodo app available now everywhere. You can get your apps and patreon.com patreon.com slash Brodo fantasy, of course. And with that being said, let's start this show. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are back. It is Thursday, baby, May 27th. So we were we usually record on Wednesdays and drop on Wednesday nights, and we're a little bit late. Sorry about that. Um, but... You know, yesterday, my uh, my loving, adoring wife got me my first Father's Day gift. For those of you who are, uh, you know, f- friends of the pod, you know that I'm expecting my first child uh, coming up very shortly. And my, my wife got me uh, a Father's Day gift, which was a Met game. And she got a nice pod for me and my brothers in the Vaxxed section. You know, hashtag Vaxxed gang, yay, yay. And, um, yeah, so... And then it got rained out. So we were bummed about that. And then it didn't rain at all. At all. Not even a little bit. There wasn't even a drizzle until like 1130 at night. Yeah, and there was like severe thunderstorm warnings and shit. I don't think I even heard any thunder. Or like, I didn't see any bright lightning in the air. It It was odd that they made it seem like such a thing. I mean, apparently someone on Twitter wrote, like, New Jersey was experiencing, like, the next apocalypse. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know. I don't know how we started with weather on this podcast. It's a strange topic for a fantasy football podcast. Well, by the way, what up, Mike? What up, Jason? How you guys doing? Weather? I thought you said feather. What up, Tim? Let's go Knicks, baby. Oh, baby. Knicks. 1-0. Alexander the Great. I see you, homie. (laughs) Alexander, one of our... uh, Loyal patrons, uh, shout out to him. Hawks fan. We've been having a lot of fun in the uh, in the Discord. You know, it's funny. We communicate with our our patrons in so many different ways. Uh, we have Twitter, and then we also have Patreon, patreoncom fantasy If you want to support the show and become a part of the community, and then we also have a special uh, tier of patron that is eligible for the Broto Dynasty League. It is one of my favorites. It's a sixteen team Dynasty League, so we are out here heavy. 
16 teams, there is literally no waiver wire. So you need to be uh, very shrewd and very good with your moves and uh, so on and so forth. But And fun fact, um, because this was just tweeted, so I'm just going to talk about it. We are pros in the FFPC pros versus Joe's redraft league this year. We are also pros in the dynasty league, but this year we're in the redraft league and we just got the rest of the crew. So we're going up against, um, we got dynasty madman, Justin Boone of the score. Uh, that's a big name there. The dynasty depot, all in kid, Jake Seeley, one of the best. Jake Seeley. Um, Jake Seeley is good. I'm excited to go up against him and then David Dodds. So David Dodds, Jake Seeley and uh, Justin Boone are some big names we're going people, up against. A lot of people exciting. don't know the name David Dodds because he's not really very active on Twitter, but that is the co-creator of Football Guys. Mm. So he is uh, also a very, very smart dude. So we have our we have our work cut out for us. We'll, we'll probably bring you the draft uh, eventually or at least review the draft of what we do. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. As you guys know. Michael, not allowed to be involved in our drafts, unfortunately. Uh, but me and Jason take over the reins on that one. Uh, so it's it's awesome to, to do that. Can't wait to draft with Jason this year. Uh, also, Scott Fishbowl. We should mention that. Uh, J- Michael, you know what? Actually, you shouldn't mention that now that I think about it because you, Cass, and Michael are all in the Scott Fishbowl. And I haven't gotten my invite yet. What's up with that, Scott Fish? <laughs> you know what you did wrong. Yeah, I know what I did wrong. I, I submitted, you know what you did wrong. I submitted way late. You did a you, classic Tim move, but yeah. classic. He actually he had to sneak me in last minute last year too. We were like, "Yo, uh, Tim forgot to sign up. Can you can you hook him up?" And Nick Scott's like, uh, "Fine." Shout out to Scott Fish, like he's he's the man. Uh, we had him on the show uh, when we were just coming up, and he's one of, he's one of the reasons why we were given like a platform to expand the way we've expanded. So shout out to Scott Fish, um, good dude, just a good overall dude. Never gets in those like petty little arguments on fantasy Twitter that everyone seems to be so in love with getting into these days. Um, speaking of getting into it these days and social media, AJ Brown had one of the, uh, a very funny video that he put on TikTok. And the purpose of that, that I'm bringing it up is because Julio Jones, it looks like he not, the, the reports were true. He is on the outs in, in Atlanta. The way that we found out about the reports if for those who don't know, Shannon Sharp, live on his uh, show with Skip Bayless, called Julio, said, yo, Julio, it's your favorite uncle. What's up? And then he's like, yo, what's good with you in, in Atlanta? And Julio Jones like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm done there. I'm not trying to be in Atlanta. <laughs> and then Shannon Sharp was like, where are you trying to go? He's like, yeah, I'm trying to be at a, in a winner, man. And then he starts rallying on the Cowboys or whatever. But that was crazy. Like a, like a, like a, Guerrilla warfare tactic journalist move by uh, Shannon Sharp to get that, but whether you agree with it or not, the it's there. So the question is, uh, how do you guys um, how do you guys feel about that whole situation, and how do you feel about Julio Jones? Where would you, where would you like Julio Jones to go? Yeah, man, everyone's talking about. Look, we're we're AJ Brown's number one fan. We love Ryan Tannehill. I'm a quasi Titans fan at this point. And everyone's talking about Julio Jones going to Tennessee would hurt A.J. Brown's value. And honestly, I don't give a shit. I would love that. I would love to see Ryan Tannehill playing with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. That would be an unbelievable mixture. And look at what he did with doo-doo-ass Corey Davis last year. Corey Davis was actually a wide receiver, too, for the better part of the season last year. Imagine he had Julio Jones, who honestly, 
if he can stay healthy enough at this season, he's probably going to play 10 games. So at that point, A.J. Brown's going to have enough games to be a lone wolf anyway. Let Julio Jones take some pressure off A.J. Brown and let them both feast. I'm not – I don't think this is a like a A.J. Brown killing move. I think this would just be an amazing move for the Titans. And I think it's a great spot because of Ryan Tannehill's efficiency for Julio Jones to end up. Couldn't agree more with you, Jason. Uh, Michael, what's, what's your take? Yeah, um, I'm with Jason when it comes to the Titans. A.J. Brown is a monster. We know Derrick Henry's a monster. We know Ryan Tannehill is an efficiency monster. Imagine if you had a Julio Jones to that oh my God. trio. That offense would be super scary. It makes Matt Ryan but, look like a good quarterback. Like, honestly, like A.J. Brown obviously wants that to happen. He put out the TikTok and all that. But I'd still be pretty shocked if the Titans go ahead and make that trade. Apparently, there's a bunch of offers coming in for Julio. I'm very curious to see where he ends up, man, because now they're saying he may even end up being traded next week, like by next week, which would be would be something because, I mean, not for nothing, the dude is 32 years old. He has been getting just more and more injured as the years have gone by, and older wide receivers of his size don't really tend to age well. So that is certainly concerning. I'm very interested to see who pays up for him because I do think there's going to be at least one contending team that says, screw it, it's Julio Jones for better or worse, let's take the chance and send over a first-round pick or maybe even more. But I'm definitely interested to see where he ends up because it's Julio Jones, man. When he's on the field, the dude's a beast. There's no denying that. I think that Julio Jones is a good fit on every team in the league. So instead of saying what what team do you think he's a good fit for, I'm going to ask you if you you are fantasy god, you are the god of fantasy, and you could put him on any team, and you could point and you go here. Uh, what team do you want to see him on? What team is it? Is the team that I mean, you could make a case for it. Like if you're a team like the Jets, you want to get your young. Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. You want to get your young uh bless me. Thanks guys. Thanks for saying bless you. You guys are you guys are not rude. You're in the middle of speaking. You always say I cut you off, right? Yeah, and so you don't cut me off for uh God bless you. Yo, Tim uh, just you, Tim. Guys, can we realize that Tim just pulled a Quinn and Williams and then started yelling at us for it? Bless me. This guy just Thank sneezed, me. blessed himself and then started yelling at us. Bless me. Thank me. Um but I mean, where, 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 was I, where was I going with that? The sneeze. The fact that I didn't get a bless you from you guys really threw me off. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little hurt. I have a little bit of hurt. Um, but for a, guy, we're a team with a young quarterback, like let's say the Jets or let's say the, the Jaguars, it makes sense to bring in a Julio Jones to support that guy. For a mid-range team, for someone who's looking to make the jump to like a Super Bowl contender, maybe something like the Browns, like, or maybe a, a team like the Packers, right? Or a team that's established that wants to make a move. Maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, um, the Buffalo Bills. You know, the, the, these are all teams that it, Julio Jones could be used anywhere. So the question is, where would you like to see him? Jason, what do you think? Can I say the Titans? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, it's, I, I think it's a match made in heaven, man. Because Julio Jones, as I mentioned earlier, is getting more brittle in his old age. And I really think that... If he's going to stay healthy, he needs to go somewhere where he doesn't have to be that alpha. And I think A.J. Brown is a great person there to counteract him and allow Julio to 
be a one B on some Sundays. So I, I honestly, and with Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball, I honestly think Tennessee is a great spot for Julio Jones to end up. Honestly, I'm not sure. Good. Yeah, I'm not sure what Michael's dream spot is, and I guess I cheated a little bit here, but I, because I've just been thinking about him going to the Titans because that's been like a topic, and I just, I, I love it. My favorite place to act like Julio Jones is gonna go is the L.A. Rams. I know that the, it, I know that it's it's like I don't know. I, I just love Matt Stafford. I love who he is as a quarterback. I've always loved him. I always think that he's got the shit under the stick by being with Detroit. I don't feel bad for him because he signed the second contract with Detroit. He did that to himself. But uh, I always felt that he didn't get a, a fair shake on being one of the elites. And if you put him, Julio Jones, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, Tyler Higby. All on the same team. I want to see that team go crazy. So yeah, interesting. That's then, an interesting spot. Yeah, that's like my my dream spot in terms of like. But I think like the that Raiders. They're very unlikely. He but. seems like a Raider. He seems like a OD Raider. Honestly, the Packers would be super fire too, man. Packers if they end up the, the, like A Rod would definitely stay if they traded for Julio Jones. To throw to Devontae Adams and Julio Jones would just be glorious. That would be uh, maybe back-to-back MVPs for uh, the Jordan Love-inspired Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's let's uh, <laughs> so let's get into these rankings. I don't even think we talked about what we're doing on today's show. Hopefully, you read the title before you came here. But we are ranking our top twelve running backs consensus of of what we have them so far this year. Um, so without any further ado, unless- I gotta say, man. I unfortunately missed last episode where we discussed quarterbacks. Jason told me I'd get mad about your Justin Fields <laughs> ranking. Aye, 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 Tim. I wish I was on that episode. I, I And you guys, Brian Tannehill went. not in the consensus top 12. Yeah, we got we got patrons like, how is Tannehill not top 12? And he was 13 because of you, Tim. I put it's a, only May, though, so I'll give you a pass. What, what, what yeah, is I'll give he? you a pass. It's May. What is he for me? He's my quarterback 14. Relax. Disrespect. Disrespect? Disrespect. It's from the office. <laughs> oh. All right. So my my running back rankings are wild. Listen, I, I go for wild rankings, bro. Like I, Some people just forget the rules of football sometimes, I feel like, in, in terms of these. Like, if you look at the consensus rankings, like some of these guys, some of these running backs, like – Two guys on a team could both be in the top twenty-four. It could happen. Like two, like you, you have to. I don't know. There's too much. There's too much by the book going on. Like this guy's gonna get thirty percent. This guy's gonna get seventy. This guy's a workhorse. This guy's. We just don't know the answers to those questions yet. At least we're gonna have a. Um, at least we're gonna have a preseason to figure that out. But until we know the que- answers to those questions, uh, you gotta you gotta let your mind wander. So let's let our minds wander here. Um, all right, let's do this. What do you guys say? Our rankings yeah number one <laughs> this one was not a surprise i toyed around with putting dalvin cook number one i toyed around with it just because dalvin cook has been healthy the past couple years um but with that being said cmc is number one jason why don't you tell us cmc why'd you put him up there because that's oh by the CMC. way that's that's christian mccaffrey by the way just putting that out there it's because he's christian mccaffrey that's literally it um even what well, the craziest part is he had an insane year in 2019. And then last year, even though he was super hurt and played three games, his points per game was higher 
than the year prior. So um, if you were concerned about Matt Rule coming in or and Joe Brady or changing up the offense in any way, no. Christian McCaffrey was even better. And that's literally all you need to know. Um, with modern medicine and the athlete that Christian McCaffrey is, I'm not afraid of him coming back from injury. I think that whether it's Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater, I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to be uh, the number running back one if he's healthy. Michael, uh, of modern medicine, but you, Teddy Bridgewater is on Denver now. Is he yeah. not? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. I don't know why I said I was. I was going through the news here for <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. So I was doing on the injury, and I said Darnold or Bridgewater, and I forgot that Bridgewater's not even on the Panthers anymore. So it's going to be Darnold. But either way, Christian McCaffrey, RB one. <laughs> if mean, like yeah. if you listen, if you are told Christian McCaffrey is going to play twelve games. I'm still taking a number one, yeah. Right? Yeah. Depends on which 12. <laughs> nah, if there's no that too, but if there's no, I mean, you don't know how many games Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and company are going to play. There is if some. If you just know exactly 12 for McCaffrey, I'm taking that all day. Running backs are always coming with injury lists. Are you, so everyone has Christian McCaffrey ranked number one in their rankings. This looks like a consensus. Yeah, number sure. two might be where we break off, but I'm not sure. The consensus says Dalvin Cook. I have Dalvin Cook in number two. Look, Dalvin Cook has been an absolute animal uh, the last two years. The only thing really is holding him back is injury. Um, he has missed games the past two seasons. He's yet to play a 16-game season. This will be his fifth season in the NFL, and he's yet to play 16 games. And now we're moving to 17 games. So there is something to be said about Dalvin Cook. If you take Dalvin Cook, then Alexander Madison is probably someone you're going to have to draft in the ninth, 10th round. So just be ready for that. But I think Dalvin Cook is worth it. He is a... He's a beast. Um, he would be number one if if a generational talent like Christian McCaffrey didn't exist uh, who could do so much work in the passing game. So I think Dalvin Cook has – I mean, if you want to pick him number one overall this year over Christian McCaffrey, I'm I'm okay with that, and I wouldn't blame you. Dalvin Cook is, uh, at this point, I do think he should be consensus number two behind McCaffrey. You can't really question any part of his game anymore. It's kind of like he's a offensive-wise and um, – Team wise, he's kind of like Derrick Henry on steroids. And I'm not saying they have the same play style and things like that. I'm saying they're both part of teams that want to run the ball with super efficient quarterbacks, with only a couple guys on offense that really participate in the passing game. Except Alvin Cook, unlike Derrick Henry, is actually involved in the passing game. Like he's just super, super consistently great every single week at this point. Kirk Cousins is super underrated and has been top five in true throw value each of the, or at least top eight in true throw value each of the last four years, I believe it was. So, yeah, uh, I don't think you go with Dalvin Cook there. I also have him at number two. Jay, you had him too, or were we in consensus number two with Dalvin Cook? It was for the. I'll last, tell you guys right now. It was for the person, real quick. It was for the last five seasons, Michael. Go ahead, Jason. There you go. As the person who put together the. Um, consensus rankings. I'll tell you right now that we all had CMC one. We all have Cook two, and after this, not a lot of agreement. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. I didn't really get yeah. to see it. All let's right, get crazy. Let's get crazy because the uh, consensus number three player here on the board is Alvin Kamara. I have Alvin Kamara number five. Where do you guys have Alvin Kamara? I have him at three. Jason, I have him at five as well. 
Okay, so consensus. So that goes to show you how off we are now. Right. Three five five came in as third. I mean, this is this uh this list doesn't look like something that I Oh yeah, yeah, this list is uh these. Um but anyway, um I mean Alvin Kamara I put I put him at number five, not because I don't trust him, I just don't know what his offense is gonna look like quite yet. I know what Alvin Kamara brings with Drew Brees, and if Drew Brees didn't retire, if Drew Brees was still like Drew Brees, you know what I mean? If if he was like Tom Brady and he's playing into forty five and he's still gr- he's still great. For me, Alvin Kamara is the number one pick in that scenario. Um, but that's not the scenario, and I think that because of that, he's my number five. I would take him number five overall. I'm gonna tell you right now, guys. I would take the top six running backs as the top six picks in the draft this year. Um, but we're, we, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not there with you, but we we can get to that. We can get to that in, at another yeah. time. But, um, yeah, I think this is the question marks around Alvin Kamara's, uh, op, like offensive, uh, system. And I, and I just think also Alvin Kamara last year had to get, um, what's that thing that you put in your muscles that makes you not feel pain? Cortisol. He had cortisone. to get cortisol. Uh, cortisone. Cortisone. He had to get a cortisone shot. Uh, is back. So, like, Alvin Kamara is dealing with back issues, and those are the things that kind of linger. So, last I mean, year... a cortisone was, shot for his back last year. You're going to be scared drafting him this year? Had, I don't really he, think that matters. Look, he had the back problem to start the year. He was playing through the black pro- back problem all year. He he got the cortisone shot, and then he, he played fine. But that's not fixing the issue. That's just you know, temporarily putting a band-aid over the issue. So I'm just, for me, I'm looking at, if I'm picking third overall, right, I'm looking at what's going to minimize my risk. For me, Alvin Kamara's is a little bit of a high risk, but he has the upside of the number one overall pick. So, I mean, I mean, he's the number five running back. It's not like I don't yeah. have him there. So tell I mean, me as why someone, you have him at three. Yeah, as the lone number three Alvin Kamara guy here, Look, man, people are look, everyone, oh, there's no Drew Brees. What's gonna happen with Kamara? Because because he had that like two game bad stretch with Taysom Hill last season. First off, it was just a completely different like Brees got hurt. It's not like they had a whole offseason to plan that offense with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Yeah, he had a bad game or two. Relax. He ended up being fine the rest of the season. And I think people are just forgetting like this dude had nine hundred thirty two rushing yards last year a career high and 83 receptions last year, also a career high. Like everyone's scared as if his role was going to diminish or something. Cause Latavius Murray with Taysom Hill, when Alvin Kamara had his most used year ever. So I think everyone needs to chill out. It's still Alvin Kamara. He's still in the prime of his uh, career right now. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to overthink it really. Like, it's Alvin Kamara, and I'm just going to treat him as Alvin Kamara. I don't think they're just going to be this rant now. Oh, if Taysom Hill's a starting quarterback for the whole year. Oh, guess what? Alvin Kamara is only a high-end RB2 now. No, man. The Saints are going to use Alvin Kamara like they have been using Alvin Kamara for three years. Jason? Do you want to talk about Alvin uh, Kamara, too, or you want to go go to the next guy in the ranking? I'll just say I, I'm at five right now. Again, it's only May, so this can change. But I just... My thing with him is, of all the people up here, he's going to end the season with the least rushing yards. So because of the question mark at quarterback right now, that's why I have him at five. That makes sense. We know he's going to have the worst rushing performance. 
that makes sense. He's 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 kind of the the only running back at on this in the top six that is dependent on his quarterback completely. Um, let's go to number four. Mostly, not completely. No, mostly. Let's go to number four. Well, more completely than the rest of them. Uh, number four is King Henry himself, Derrick Henry. Um, I have him at four. I mean, I have him at three in my rankings. Excuse me, Jason. Where do you have him? I have him at six. Michael. Uh, say who is it again? Sorry, King Henry. Derrick Henry. Oh, King Henry. I have lower than both of you guys. I have him at uh number six. Well, Jason, I guess we're the same then. Okay, so I have Derrick Henry at three. Here's why I have Derrick Henry at three. It's very, it's kind of very simple. Um, there's this magic number that has been a number that a lot of people have used to properly tell when running backs are going to fall off the cliff. That number is 1,800 carries. Big-time running backs tend to fall off their cliffs at 1,800 carries. Derrick Henry, this season, will not reach 1,800 carries. He won't. He's a, he's still seven. He's almost 700 carries away from 1,800. So he will not reach that goal. Uh, four, I'm sorry, 400 away. He will not. It's so weird. I get my sevens and my fours confused. Isn't that, that weird? That is very strange. I really don't understand it. It's been since I'm a little kid. I don't get it either. Um, but anyway, uh, no need to mix up your sevens and fours here because Derrick Henry is ranked number three because I don't think this is the year he falls off. I think the Titans are going to lean on him even more than they did last year, this year. Um, and I think he's in for another 20-touchdown campaign, Derrick Henry-type season. And, I, and I'm willing to bet that this is at least one more year that Derrick Henry can sustain that. Yeah, I mean, King Henry is King Henry. The reason I have him a little bit lower is because I believe he was the RB3 last year um, with the all the touchdowns he had and the rushing performances. But, again, it's the absolutely zero percent role in the passing game like it, what did he average less than two receptions a game last year i when it's ppr even, catches. yeah when it's ppr even half ppr i like i like running backs who are going to be involved in the passing game derrick henry is a bit game dependent as well because we saw he had those dud games last year and that's what happens when you're completely reliant on rushing yards and rushing touchdowns and he's an absolute monster who has absolute blow up games but he still has a little bit more downside each and every week, depending on how that game goes, because that's what happens when you're not involved in the passing game. That's the that's the thing with Derrick Henry. I agree. It's the passing game work. Um, I think I think it's been it's hard to dude. It's been two, two years. It's been two straight years. It's been two straight years. I know. I'm of saying, us saying two thousand rushing yards and seventeen touchdowns last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, and he was the running back three. So I have him ranked at six because do you think he's going to have 2,000 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns again? That's banking on him repeating one of the best running seasons ever. He did not have 2,000 yards rushing. He had 2,027 yards. Rushing. Yes, dude. He went over 2K. It was a big deal. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had the whole chain chain and everything. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he does. I think he has another... If not 2K, like 17K in him, 18K. Yeah, that's a big difference when you're not catching passes. And make that 15 touchdowns, and then boom, he's running back six. I don't think you could, I don't think you should make it 16 touchdowns. I think you should make it 20. I think I know, had, that, I know that stickiness is not right? like 
touchdowns are not the most sticky stat in the world, but you know, sticky stat. How how could I say that? Like Mike Allstott, right? You can't you can't. I don't know why I thought of Mike Allstott in all King. examples, but you can't you can't project tight touchdowns unless you had John Mike Allstott and you knew that he was going to get goal line carries and he was definitely going to get touchdowns. Like Derek, talking about Mike Allstott right now, but I'm just thinking of someone who you knew was going to score like at least eight touchdowns or like something like that a year. You know what I mean? Like someone who you can bank on touchdowns more than the usual person, like more than you could AJ Brown catching touchdowns. I think you could definitely, if if Derrick Henry had less than ten touchdowns this year, I would be absolutely shocked. If he had less than fifteen, I'd be surprised. No, I mean, I mean, either way though, we're talking about RB three and RB six, so maybe we're going a little bit too deep here. But I'm just, I'm with Jason. We're at two thousand yards and eighteen or so touchdowns. It's just. It's hard to follow up the same exact season. All righty, all righty, all righty. Let's talk about follow-ups because this guy's going to have to follow up his injury-plague season with a good one. Saquon Barkley, number five in the consensus rankings. For me, he's seven. Uh, so I'm bringing down Saquon a little bit. How about you guys? For me, I have him at three. As well. So me and Jason I have at three, seven. so I'm carrying the weight here. Oh, so yeah. me and Michael at seven. So, Jason, you're going to have to explain yourself. Why do you have uh, Saquon Barkley at three? The the question isn't why. The question is why don't you guys? <laughs> he's Saquon Barkley. I understand that he was injured last year, but he's played two seasons in his life. He had three. Two, he surpassed. Yeah, three. Well, two full healthy seasons. What I meant uh, to say. No, no, no. He surpassed yeah, two thousand. Only one. What are you talking about, man? He was mostly healthy for twenty nineteen. Uh. Then you're just supporting my cause. You're, you don't even want to say he was mostly healthy, and he still put up 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns. He's he's the little engine that could on the New York Giants, and I know there's an injury risk there, but if he's healthy, he's – it's kind of crazy to say this, but CMC light. He's going to get work in the pass game. He's going to get work in the rushing game, and if he's healthy, he's going to go for 1,500 yards rushing, 700 yards receiving, over 12 touchdowns, I'm willing to take the risk. I like I it's not that complicated right now. I'll I'll dive into deeper stats as we get closer to August, but right now it's just it's Saquon Barkley. With my first overall pick, I tend to be risk adverse. I tend cuz look, we say this a lot. 7 out of 12 first round picks every year, they meet expectations. 5 out of 12 though, do not. They bust. And when I'm looking at my first round pick, I want to take as little risk as possible. And for me, when you're talking about a guy who's played a total of 15 games combined the last two seasons, I'm sorry. And yo, you got to remember, Saquon Barkley not only played a total of 15 games combined, he was playing great, and then he hurt himself the year before. Coming back from injury, he plays a game where he has like eight total yards total, and then he gets injured the next game. So it's just like I haven't seen a dominant version of Saquon Barkley in over a year and let's say a, a third. I haven't seen a, a dominant Saquon Barkley. So if I'm going to rank him within the top six, and I told you already that I think the top six players in this draft should be my top, top six running backs. If I'm going to rank him in that top six, then I'm kind of going against what I say. So I think that just because of his injuries, and obviously that's the only concern, I think personally that Nick Chubb is the best running back in football, pure running back in football. I think that Saquon Barkley is the best two-way running back in football. 
Um, so it's nothing well, against McCaffrey's better. I think Saquon Barkley has more talent than Christian McCaffrey personally, and I, right. well, I mean, I mean it's it's close. But yeah. uh, what I, what I'm saying is like, I'm not saying that he's a bad player. All I'm saying is that that plus Daniel Jones plus the line's not great plus the, the I don't know. Let's see what the Giants do this year. I just think that he's one of the more riskier plays at running back in the first round. I mean, he is also coming off a torn ACL that also had meniscus and MCL damage. Like he really tore up that damn knee. And the Giants said they want to bring him bring him along slowly. So we might be talking about a guy who's going to be limited over the first half of the year, which is a little scary. But, I mean, most of these guys are going to be in uh, committee-type workloads either way. But just I am a little scared um, with the really bad injury that he's coming off of. Number six after Saquon Barkley is Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, coming in, one of the this year, I'm high on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I have him at number four. Where do you guys have him? I have him at number nine. Nine. Yeah, I'll go before Michael because I don't understand that. I have him at four too. I understand like the Zeke hate. Like, I mean, Tony Pollard looked better last year. Zeke looked like he was getting older. He wasn't the same Zeke with Dak Prescott last season. His 16 game pace was. 1,165 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, 77 catches, 554 receiving yards, three touchdowns. That's uh, the guy I want. That's all, I want that on my That team. is a top five running back, like clearly. So, And I know it's hard to just say it's going to be the same thing again. Like Dak Prescott's coming back from injury. Zeke's a year older, sure. But I think Dallas is still a team that's going to have to win through their offense. I think they're going to be a better team last year with Dak Prescott, hopefully healthy the entire season. They should probably be better on offense with Michael Gallup a year older, CeeDee Lamb a year older. So I'm, I I have Ezekiel Elliott at four. For me and Michael, I'll, I'll let you defend yourself in a second. But also, I just want to, like, Jason made the made the point for Zeke himself. For me, I'm looking at around Zeke as well. Like, I know their offensive line is not the dominant force that it once was, but it's still a decent unit with a lot of good players on it. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Yes, Tony Pollard exists. I will, I will, I will say that. But at the same time, so does Amari Cooper. So does CeeDee Lamb. So does uh, Michael Gallup. So does Blake Jarwin. Right? These are, are legitimate weapons in a passing game. You can't stack the box against Zeke. You can't do it. And with Dak back, I just I don't I don't see a scenario where they just don't return to a dominant offense. I I just I can't imagine a scenario where Zeke isn't touching the ball twenty times a game, even with all those guys around him, because that offense is going to be so dominant. So I think that Zeke, I'm I'm ranking Zeke as if next year last year never happened, and and usually that's not my forte, but I'm okay with it this year with Zeke because. Look, I don't blame Ezekiel Elliott for last year after, you know, they were definitely not going to be, well, I mean, I wouldn't say definitely not going to be in the playoffs. They were in a race, so I'm not going to say definitely not in the playoffs. But Dak gets hurt. Their defense is horrible. I'm not getting angry at Ezekiel Elliott, who, by the way, was playing through injuries last year too. He was tweaked. He was he was banged up. So he played through those injuries. Yeah, Tony Pollard looked good. Tony Pollard's a good player. I'm not I'm not looking into that. I think Zeke has a bounce back year here. Yeah, I mean, look, 
I just have a sour taste in my mouth because I think people are forgetting how trash Zeke was. The dude was trash. Weeks in a row, yeah. he was just ranked outside the top 24 running backs because he was basically unplayable. Yeah. You don't do that with guys like CMC, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. No matter who's at quarterback, they get their their work in. Zeke was just pure trash last year. No, no way around it. Like, the dude was super mediocre, and the only reason he had decent numbers was because he was getting so much worse with work with Dak. But even in the beginning of the year last year, if you remember, we were like, Zeke is, like, kind of trash this year. He's just getting volume. And then Tony Pollard, you guys pointed out, look, I don't think Tony Pollard is going to steal a bunch of work from Zeke, but Tony Pollard was certainly better than Zeke was last year um, with Andy Dalton on their center. Pollard was making way more plays than Zeke was. So I just, I don't know, man. I have It's tough for me to rank a guy in the top five who is super dependent on the health of the quarterback and the team. I think like it just seems like you're drafting Zeke. No one's drafting Zeke because, yeah, Zeke's a monster this year. Everyone's drafting Zeke because Dak is back and the Cowboys offense is crazy. Nah, but also it's it's it's, it's because but it's also the volume, like you you said, I know he'll get work with Dak Prescott. Like last year, there were only how many seven running backs that had twenty or more touches in a game. Dalvin Cook, CMC, Derrick Henry, all studs, and then it's Joe Mixon, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. You can make an argument that three of those four guys aren't even that good, but they were all top twelve running backs solely based on touches. And last year, Zeke. Literally just missed that cutoff. He had 19.7 rushes per game. With Dak Prescott, that's going to go up. And not for nothing, so, yo, like, you you say, like, people aren't drafting Zeke because Zeke is nice. Yes, they are. I am. And 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 you're he's one of the people that you well, mentioned when you're talking about this crazy offense for the, the Cowboys. And in terms of him doing bad last year, uh, did he do so bad? He finished with the fourth most... RB1 finishes in the league. He was trash. He finished with the fourth most RB1 finishes in the league. He finished as an RB3 or better. He he finished outside of RB3 or better only twice. So, like, he was a playable asset every game. Did he do Zeke things? Did he get you the number three overall pick? No. And this is and it's definitely exemplified because the guy who, who got taken after him, Alvin Kamara, was a league winner. Especially considering what he did with the six touchdowns in championship week. So you pass on a league winner for Zeke, so that's why you're you're frustrated with him. But at the same time, Dak went down. Dak went down. Like, what do you want? Dak went down. He paid through injury and he still had and he still had the fourth most, the fourth highest total of RB1 finishes of all running backs. So look. I mean, I have him ranked nine. It's not like I have him in my top ten. Nine. That if you have him ranked nine, that means if I'm picking ninth this year, I have a chance to pick Ezekiel Elliott ninth. I can yeah, I can I can leave a out. draft with like Ezekiel Elliott and, and Travis Kelsey on my team, or I can no, leave, you not grab Travis Kelsey and Ezekiel Elliott with the ninth pick. Why not? If I'm in a ten man league, I can. Kelsey's oh a ten man league maybe. Uh, yeah, I totally can. Um, I mean, but you don't play in any ten man leagues. I don't know where you're talking about ten man leagues. I play in two ten man leagues. Thank you very much for uh, for which two. Me. I, I play in two <laughs> dynasty leagues that are ten man. 
I mean, you're not uh, you're not drafting uh, though. Uh, so. uh, 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 but the, uh, I'm talking uh, redraft uh, leagues, uh, you uh, idiot. Uh, you're not uh, drafting a ten Yahoo, man league right Yahoo, now, are you? Yahoo money okay. leagues are Yahoo money leagues are ten man leagues. Yeah, so stupid. Yeah, I, I agree. Then that. they wonder why uh, no one plays Yahoo money leagues. Normalize ten man leagues. No, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. No, 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 let's not. Do <laughs> it. Those who know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know. All right. Um, next one, number seventh overall is a guy I'm excited about. A guy a lot of guys are excited about. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Um, question for you guys. He's in a backfield where, look, I think if you're going to mention this for some people, you need to mention it for others. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. All right. So Jonathan Taylor, you can't really take much of what happened from what happened last year. Uh, how do you feel about Jonathan Taylor so far uh, this year? I have Taylor at eight. I probably. Like already, I'd, I'd probably just swap him with Zeke, put Zeke eight and Taylor nine. I uh, think the Jonathan Taylor love is going to be too much for me to really roster any Jonathan Taylor. I think people are going way too hard for Jonathan Taylor. Look, the dude was amazing over the second half of the season, right? But just like David Montgomery had a cake schedule the entire time, and dominated bad teams, as you expect good running backs to do. It's really in one ear out the other when it comes to his really, really bad start to his career. Like, his first half of his rookie season was highly mediocre. And I know he had that ginormous second half where he really came on, but we're still talking about a guy who has Naheem Hines in that backfield who is going to get receiving work. Naheem Hines had several very nice fantasy games. And Marlon Mack, yeah, he's returning off a bad injury, but are we, would you guys be surprised if the Colts decide they need to get Marlon Mack eight touches a game? I wouldn't. They've been overfeeding Marlon Mack for years now. So I think people are a little bit too high on Jonathan Taylor, man, where they think he has like this RB1 explosion overall potential. I just, I really don't see that because I get it, like, where they're coming from after seeing what happened at the end of last year, but just like looking at it broadly, I don't see that happening. Michael, let me school you, boy. Come over here. Come over here. Sit down. Sit down. Oh, John, John Taylor had some rough games. All right. He had some rough games. Yes. But it's not like it was a, a complete loss. His whole first half of the season. He had a 90-yard game against Green Bay. He didn't put up much fantasy points that game, 11.4. He had a 101-yard game against Minnesota. He had some disappointments. Yes, I will admit. Against Tennessee, he had 12 yards on seven attempts. This That was ugly. But he was a rookie. Now, you're talking about his cakewalk schedule. And I have to admit, in the last five weeks, which is where he made all his noise, uh, in the last five weeks, he scored between 15 and 37 points so definitely a bit a big a big thing there a big uh big numbers at houston at las vegas versus houston and versus jacksonville uh were his last weeks but so easy but he also faced pittsburgh in week 16 pittsburgh playing for a playoff spot now it wasn't a full strength pittsburgh steelers team but it was still the number one running defense in the league and he put up 74 yards two touchdowns 4.1 4.1 a carry. He had a good game against them. So to say that it's only because of his schedule, I think is a little disingenuous, but I, I know, well, I I didn't know what say you're saying. Well, I did say it's only because of his schedule. I, 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 okay, fair. The guy for, caught 40 balls last year. 
For, I'm sorry, he was targeted 40 times, caught 36 balls last year for 300 yards. Has shown the ability to be a, a great runner. He never goes down, a great pass catcher. He never goes down on the first hit, ever. Ever. The guy is a truck. He reminds me a lot of prime James Conner, like that one year where he replaced Le'Veon Bell and did everything for the for the Prime Steelers. James Conner isn't prime James Conner. It's... Flash in the pan, James Conner. All right, really. fine. He reminds yeah. me of Flash in the pan, James Conner. He reminds me of James Conner at his very, very peak. And I think that, I don't know, I like Jonathan Taylor this year. I don't think they're going to give the ball to Marlon Mack. I think that they've they've unnecessarily fed the ball to Mar- Marlon Mack the last couple of years because he's been the, the player on the team. But there is something to be said about the fact that Taylor Lewan is now, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, their left tackle, uh, Anthony Costanzo, no longer in the picture. So they're definitely a, a a notch down in terms of the offensive line. New quarterback. Can Carson Wentz put it together? Or is it going to be a situation where he really hurts the team like he did with the Eagles last year in Miles Sanders' stock? Those are the question marks I'm asking. But if you're asking me, am I fading Jonathan Taylor on an offense that's going to have a high volume of rushing where he, on tape last year, put together tape of a completely capable running back that has Pro Bowl potential, you're not going to get me to not draft him because, you know, Marlon Mack's on the team. Well, I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm just saying I'm not going to draft him top five, which it seems like people are going to be drafting him top five. My two cents-wise. Uh, what? He's his East. My two cents-wise. Where's uh, that from? Dollars and cents wise. Dollars and cents wise. Yes, this from yes. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's expert consensus right now is six, and last year, over the last seven, uh, last six weeks of the season, when he exploded, he was running back six. But so I have him at nine. Everything you said, all the question marks around him, and even when he had this stretch that everyone keeps talking about, he was still only the running back six. So I'm not ranking him there. Just not doing it. There you go. There you go, Tim. I mean, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> um, let's go to the next one. Um, AJ himself, Aaron Jones, comes in at number eight. I got him at number eight. Where do you guys have him? You guys are disrespecting the GOAT. No, 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 but I'm, I, I think it's clear, clear why he's at number eight. I have him at five. Jason? I have him at eight. I Yo, mean, Aaron Jones. I all I want to say about Aaron Jones is he is the most disrespected pass catching running back in the league. Facts. Nobody ever talks about this guy as one of the best pass catchers in the league, but all he does is put up numbers every year and make sick catches. And I'm actually disappointed in he only had 355 receiving yards last year. I think that could go up. The year prior he had 474. He only had 11 touchdowns last year. The year prior he had 19. Like, and this is all because. Aaron Rodgers didn't have to rely on Aaron Jones as much because he played at an MVP level. Uh, if he relies on Aaron Jones a little bit more this year, then I expect a type of season between his 2020 and 2019 season. And I'm glad he stayed in Green Bay because he's going to be an RB1 again. And the guy is the most underrated pass catching running back in the league. He also got a, a just a glorious extension, which makes him the guy for years now moving forward, four years, $48 million. He was number one, just edged out Derrick Henry in the rushing yards over expected model on the Brodo Fantasy app. And like Jason said, underrated pass catcher too. 
Like we're this guy is so damn good. Like he is a set it and forget it RB one every single week. Even though you know he's gonna play like forty five to fifty five percent of the snaps only. Like that's how fucking nice this dude is, and he gets he just gets disrespected every single year because of it. And uh, it was a mistake last year not drafting Aaron Jones at ADP. Like the dude is going in the second round. Do you think about that now? And you're like, that's nuts. And guess what? With a expert consensus ranking of like eight or wherever he is, that might be falling into the second round again. Like I have him as my RB five. I think it's very dumb that Aaron Jones. Well, obviously, look the Aaron Jones, the Aaron Rodgers situation is alarming. That's why I have him at eight. If 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 Aaron Rodgers is definitely his quarterback, I'm moving him up to six in between Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. Fair enough. That's that's the only alarming situation is what happens if Aaron Rodgers gets traded. But for now, Aaron Rodgers is a Packer and Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones. Yo, so let's not uh, let's not forget that. Imagine Jordan Love comes in and straight up like Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Because the whole point of this is is very funny that Aaron Rodgers is having such a hard time with all this because uh, he did the same thing to Mister Bred- Bredrick Favre. So also uh, as a late first round pick. Yes, sir. Our, our next on the consensus, number nine, Nicholas Chubb. Uh, I'll just say this. I think Nick Chubb is the best pure running back in football. Uh, I said that before it was cool. Um, that is something that is trending around ever since PFF gave him a grade. I mean, you don't need PFF to to see it when you watch Nick Chubb play, that he's the best running back in football. He just – everything he does is perfect. He looks like he honestly looks like a, a machine. Um, the only problem is he can't catch, and he would be a, a perfect person if he can't catch. And he also has a very very talented back behind him in Kareem Hunt. So I think if Nick Chubb had a workhorse role, like if he was on the Titans, um, he would be my number two or three running back. But he's not. He is on the uh, he's on the Browns, and they have Kareem Hunt. And I believe that Nick Chubb is going to be good, but not someone I'm going to draft with a first-round pick. If he's my RB2 and he's my second-round pick, then bring all the Nick Chubb you can. Remember when the Patriots drafted Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb? Glorious. That was funny because an- an- another thing, like I know I-, I railed on the Patriots this this offseason about how Bill Belichick gets all this credit for drafting and he, he actually sucks. People don't remember, Nick Chubb was the starter over Sony Michelle in Georgia. It's like Bill Belichick yeah. thought he was smart. He's like, oh, I'm going to draft his backup before the starter. And he wasn't. It was terrible, terrible decision. Yeah, I got, I have Chubb at, uh, at 10. I agree with you. Um, fantastic runner. Obviously, there's some concern um, with the splitting of the backfield with Kareem Hunt. Doesn't really get the pass catching work. He's basically the slightly less work version of Derrick Henry. Like you were saying, if he was on the Titans, he'd be like RB2 or 3. So I think this is a good spot for Chubb because he's just a straight-up monster, but slightly dependent on workload and game script since he doesn't really do much in the passing game. Let me ask you all a trivia question. Real quick, real quick. 190 attempts last year and uh, and 18, uh, I know, 16 receptions. That's not what you want to see out of a guy. You want yeah. you want him to get You want him to get 250. Like that's that's kind of what you're. Well, he played it. he played twelve games, Tim. He would have reached it. Uh, he would have, yeah. Jason, that was that was my trivia question. You, you, right. you cock face. My bad. That's right. <laughs> it's because I want to 
so you see what he did last season. He was fantastic, went on the field. What do you think his 16-game pace was? Total yards and touchdowns. Touchdown, 16-game pace. Well, it has to be 16. Didn't he score 12 touchdowns, I believe? He did. Um, And then uh, over 1,600 yards as well, no? I would say Total? Uh, 13. So, See, as like, you can tell, Michael's the more of the mathematician than Tim is. Yeah, his 16-game pace, 1,600 22 yards and 16 touchdowns. Oh, he had a thousand. So essentially, he had a thousand sixty-seven yards. He's basically yeah, okay. he's Derrick Henry light. Yeah, yeah. I I like it. Sure. And, and you're getting him at, at Derrick Henry light value at. Uh, there you go, nine. Tim. If Derrick Henry ends up with a sixteen hundred and sixteen, he's not going to reach the top five running back hill. This is which is what we were talking about when it came to Derrick Henry earlier. Uh, no, because <laughs> Nick Chubb. Didn't have sixteen hundred. What are you talking about? Huh? I'm just saying in general, if he sixteen hundred and six wouldn't have been a top five RB. How do you know? He's saying I mean. you can get that with Nick Chubb. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You get that with Nick Chubb, and you don't got to spend the top five pick on Derrick Henry. Except you have to worry about Cream Hunt, which is just what we talked about. Get your shit together, huh? Moving along, number ten overall. This is a guy that I had. In my original rankings, ranked seventeenth, and I'm gonna what? tell you, I'm gonna tell you why. Michael's gonna entirely disagree with you. What? I'm mad, pissed Tim, right now. Hold on, before you off, talk, yo. Tim. Michael, tell him where you have. Hold him. on, hold on. This is Austin Eckler. <laughs> this is Austin Eckler, guys. Go ahead, so, Michael. Tell me where you have. Where yeah, four, four. I mean, I, right now I have him at fourteen, so I'm not as disrespectful. Yo, as I hate you sometimes, dude. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't understand. You have a brand new offensive coordinator. You have a you have a young quarterback who didn't show a propensity to throw in the ball out of the backfield. Now I get that he's gonna probably be a very main target in this offense, and he has a good quarterback, so there are things to like there, and they're making some strides on the offensive line. But in general, Austin Eckler. I mean, yeah, okay. He did. He he was the main running back last year and he got hurt um kind of a small guy reason why he didn't get drafted in the first place can he handle the load i just think that there's some question marks around austin eckler that don't have to do with his talent that just scare me to the point where i don't want him as my rb1 i'd, I'd gladly have him as my number as my rb2 though no i'm all aboard the eckler train man <clears throat> i'm all aboard it we're talking about a guy well first off huge uh Additions to the offensive line for the Chargers, which you love to see. Uh, Lindsley Slater and company drafted Austin Slater, which is uh, stupendous. No more Anthony Lynn and his dumbass tactics as head coach. Brandon Staley, a nice, fresh, young mind. Defensive mind, yes, but the new offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, was just the Saints quarterback coach for the last five years with Drew Brees just throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara over and over. And if anyone can be Alvin Kamara in this league, it's Austin Eckler. Not to mention a Justin Herbert, who is coming off one of the best rookie seasons of all time, now entering his sophomore season. It's not like the Chargers brought in new competition in that backfield for Austin Eckler. You say, oh, he wasn't getting thrown to that much. Outside of the first few weeks, which was just weird as shit, like when Eckler had like 20 rushes and like one target and Joshua Kelly was super involved and I don't know what they were doing. 
Austin Eckler was Austin Eckler, dude. He ended up playing in 10 games, had 933 total yards, so over 93 yards a game, and he had 54 receptions, over five receptions a game. We're talking about Austin Eckler, and if he stays healthy, he's going to be a monster. Like, even his 2019 year where he caught what seemed like a million passes, he ended up catching 92 passes. That's less than six receptions a game. That's in between five and six. And he ended with 5.4 receptions per game last year. It was just that he didn't play 16 games, so it doesn't seem like he was still that ridiculously effective. But it's Austin Eckler, and I'm all aboard the Austin Eckler train, and I'm going to be gobbling him up at ADP. Michael, you've always been on that Austin Eckler train. You and him, I feel like, have this unspoken bond together. Um, He's a man. <laughs> Jason, where do you have him? If I have him at 13 and Michael has him at 4, you got to have him around like 10, 9, 10? I have him at 10, yeah, um, with room to go up because I do think it's a it's a great match, him and Mr. Lombardi. Uh, I want to hear I want to hear what you have to say though, Tim. Because I already said what I had to good. say. I think it's just like we just don't know what Joe Lombardi brings yet. You know, he's the he. You know, we just don't. That know. That brings him down to fourteen for you. That yeah. I, <laughs> I said already, and I also I don't like I don't like the fact that look. I also I say many times in my little blurbs that Michael's like, oh, they brought in Slater to play on the offensive line. But like, okay, um, their offensive line is an issue. Brian Lindsley as well. All right, fine. And they, their offensive line is an issue, but when you're talking about plugging holes with rookies, you have to you have to plan for the fact that they may make the problem worse. Like last year, the Buccaneers drafted a left tackle, um, the guy from USC. They drafted a left tackle. They made that made them a Super Bowl champion. The Giants drafted a left tackle, Andrew Thomas, and made their offensive line worse. Yeah, it wasn't worse. Tom Brady. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Tom Brady. It was uh, I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, the Jets, you know, they <laughs> drafted worse. an offensive tackle, and that was better. But, you know, not everyone who drafts an offensive tackle automatically gets better. So I think that that's one thing you have to consider. I mean, I but Slater was like the consensus number one tackle. Those guys fine. don't tend to bust guys, very often. Fine. Don't you, you remember who, Jonah Williams was supposed to make Joe Mixon the overall RB1? That's what, I'm, together. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to be aware of things like that. So I think it, and it's also Austin Eckler's injury risk. I think that you, he, for the first time in his career, he got workhorse kind of role and he got hurt. So I, I need to see him not do that as well. Bro, you know, we're, talk, look, we're 14, talking about a guy who's again, played 16, 14, 16, and 10 games. On top of him, be, between, between Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler, I have DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like those guys, Swift. I could easily see him going over those guys and producing more than those guys but at the same time like i just i'd rather have deandre swift and austin eckler this year personally at, at this point on, on may 27th that could change i, certain, I certainly would i want to make a i want to make a quick note about deandre swift because we're not going to talk about him he's 13th in our rankings currently guess how many carries carry on johnson and adrian peterson had last year combined that the lions have now cut Total uh, carries? That's not an easy question to like ask. Touches, touches. Like three, Total touches. 300. I'll over, go like over 300. 270. 239 touches. It's hmm. a lot. It's a lot. And even if Jamal Williams gets a lot of work, there's still room there for DeAndre Swift I, too. I think, But the, I don't think it's... Since You also have to be concerned. Since we're talking about this, I'm, I'm just going to give you my spiel because I, I... I I really like... I really... Look, and... 
Use I'm your such, words, Tim. I'm Use a, your look, words. look, I'm a contrarian at heart. Okay, I, I do, I, I do want to put that out there. I am a contrarian at heart. So when I, when I say that I like DeAndre Swift, it hurts a little bit because everyone else seems to like DeAndre Swift too. But the reason I like DeAndre Swift is not really the same reason that everyone else likes DeAndre Swift. I like DeAndre Swift because I like the Lions. This might be this might sound completely flabbergasting, but people like Jared Goff went from so overrated to to falling back down to earth. Like Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, people were saying Goff versus Mahomes and things like that. It's like, all right, so he he's overrated. But then he he falls off the cliff and now he's fallen so far off the cliff that he's underrated. If that makes you if that makes any sense. And I think that people are I could see that. You know, yeah, and people are just are just writing him off like he's not going to be able to lead this offense. And I just think that's dumb. I think that that's something that's stupid. I think that you shouldn't she shouldn't be looking at it like that. And when you look at an NFL team, right? An NFL team usually has players with a, with over 100 targets usually i would say an average nfl team has two players over 100 targets where they can this team is not going to have a wide receiver that has 100 targets they're not you're talking about terrell williams talking about Bashad perriman you're talking about amon ross st brown you're talking about quentin cephas like you're not none of those guys are getting 100 targets so who's getting 100 targets i think it's clear that tj hawkinson is one of those guys but it's also deandre smith and DeAndre Smith, I mean DeAndre Swift, and DeAndre yeah. Swift is going going to get those passes because not only that, we know that Jared Goff loves to throw those passes. We saw him throw those passes to Todd Gurley very effectively. And I think one thing that people are sleeping on, one about the Lions, the thing I love most about the Lions is the Lions might have the best offensive line in football. Now, this is I just I just went crazy on um on don't just plug in an offensive lineman uh, and say that it's going to be. But with that being said, if Penny Suell ends up being good, he joins Josh Joshua. I'm sorry, Jonah Jackson, who was their draft pick last year. And when you're talking about the other guys, you got Frank Ragnow, who is one of the best centers in the league. Taylor Decker. These, this is a good unit. And then you have Vitali, I mean Vitai, uh, I don't know how to say his first name. A very good guard. These are high paid players as well. These are not guys who are, are coming cheap. These are established players in the NFL for years. This might be the best offensive line in the league. And they're going to make time for Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, low-key, one of the best play action pass guys in the league. So when you're talking about that and you're talking about volume. I don't even see a scenario where DeAndre Swift doesn't catch 100 balls. Like, I, I would be absolutely shocked if he didn't catch 100 balls. And Bro, 100 I, balls. 100. One, 100 balls. You don't balls. see a scenario where he doesn't catch 100 excuse, balls. I, excuse me. Let me let me put the back. Six or he doesn't have He doesn't have 100 targets. That's what I meant to say. I would, I would be shocked if he did not have 100 targets. Absolutely shocked. And I would say six targets a game, I mean six receptions a game is right right in the path where I expect him to be. Because they're not going to have anyone else. And this team, I, I think this team is better than other people think. This team is being looked at as a 2-3 win team. I think this team needs to be looked at as a 6-7 win team. 
So I, I just I think that DeAndre Swift is going to be a, a giant part of this offense. I really do, and I think that he's and and again we have we are being blessed with preseason to see how this is going. To give you a little preview, I also have Jamal Williams ranked twenty third. So I, I not I am very much about this Lions running game, and I'm very much about the Lions offensive line, and I think. Jared Goff supports that Lions running game and offensive line. So, I mean, they're, they're talking about Todd Gurley, and I, I will move Jamal Williams out of my RB2 slot if they sign Jamal, if, if, if they sign Todd Gurley. But with that being said, I, I think the Lions are being really underrated, and I think they're going to have a shot to, do, to be better than people think, and I think that starts with their run game and their offensive line. I mean, yeah, I do like uh... – I do like Jamal Williams as a late a later round pick this year, but we'll see. I just you just went on this huge rant about DeAndre yeah, Swift. Yeah, he's not even on the list. I think a hundred targets is a bit is a bit ridiculous to project. All but. right, so let's let's get to eleven and twelve because we're already over an hour here. Um, eleven Cam Akers makes sense. Cam Akers really came on heavy, came on strong last year. Um, in the last after week ten, uh. Touched the ball 20 times a game over. Uh, so, obviously, was the workhorse at that point. Kill a Cam Akers. Kill a Cam Akers. You know, you we've seen Matt Stafford. Kill a Cam Akers is a good one. Um, <laughs> we've seen Man, Matt Stafford throw to the running back out of the backfield to the point where Theo Riddick was a, like, flex option weekly. Um, so, we know that that's possible. I think Cam Akers is has he I have him at twelve on my rankings, but I think that he has the the possibility of being a top six kind of guy. He has that kind of upside. The big thing for me is that look, Daryl Henderson is good. He's gonna play. But it don't fucking matter because <laughs> Malcolm Brown is gone. Dude, Malcolm Brown had hundred and one attempts last year, wow. four hundred and nineteen yards, twenty-three catches, five touchdowns. That's a lot of work. That's a lot. And even if Cam Akers gets what he got towards it, let's say like mid-year last year when he wasn't like the full-on workhorse, but he wasn't like Cam Akers not touching the ball. Plus half of what Malcolm Brown was getting, he has enough opportunity in a Sean McVay offense to be an RB1. That's why I like Cam Akers. Honestly, too, when it comes to uh, Cam Akers, I I know uh, Coach Speak is stupid. But like earlier in the year, Sean McVay said he's a special player and a true three down back. And he says that and you're like, oh, I mean, it's Sean McVay. What are you what are you going to do? But then you look back at their their crunch time games last year, man, games they needed to win. It was all Cam Akers. Yeah, all of it. And now he has Matt Stafford at quarterback still is Sean McVay offense, which is just a shoe in for top 10 offense in the league like. Cam Akers has a very, very legitimate shot to be a more valuable player than Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion. And I don't think anyone has that even like remotely close, really. And let's finish it off. Rookie running back Najee Harris comes in at number 11. Um, I mean, at number 12, finishing out our top 12 running backs. Again, this is 1.0. Just want to put out there much room for change, much room uh, for uh, adjustments, we definitely hold the um, hold the thoughts or the I don't know what 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 do you call it? mantra? There you go. Of you know being fluid in these rankings, um, allowing time to to get information and and letting information 
uh, settle. Like these people like, well, I thought mass didn't work. Like, yeah, we didn't have information. You know what I'm saying? Information. And one of Info, these, baby. One of the informations that I know for sure is that the Steelers, they have offensive line issues, right? Big Ben um, had the least time in the pocket of any quarterback last year. And they lost two big names in Alejandro Villanueva and Marquise Pouncey. So those two names that they lost, big names. But they're also older guys. One of them retired. The Steelers have cranked out quality offensive lines for years. Kind of like the way they crank out wide receivers. But we don't talk about their offensive line because their wide receivers are more obvious. Their wide receivers like, oh, you could see Antonio Brown is great right after they traded Antonio to San Antonio Holmes. San Antonio Holmes is great right after they traded Plaxico Burris. You know what I mean? So that line, the secession of wide receivers has been more evident, but they do the same thing with their offensive line. So I think that addition by subtraction on the offensive line could be something that the Steelers are doing here. Um, they've drafted offensive linemen fantastically over the years, and I think that that might be the case because they have homegrown talent behind those guys taking those spots. They didn't draft anyone. They weren't active in free agency. So that tells you that they like the guys. So for whatever it's worth, the Steelers like the guys. And if the Steelers like their offensive line, then I like their offensive line. Now, that could be a fool's way of thinking about it. I think you are it. being a, a little optimistic. It's a little, it's, it might be a little optimistic, but if that is the case, if they're even an average offensive line, Najee Harris is going to get work, man. Najee Harris, is go, he's, not going, he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to get 20 touches a game. He's going to be doing it in a high-powered offense. He's going to be doing it in an offense, not for nothing, that Big Ben wants to throw the ball to the running back out of the backfield after two seconds in the pocket. Let him. More PPR points for Najee. So Najee Harris, man, who strangely looks exactly like Anne Hathaway, um, he is going to definitely uh, – he's number 11 on mine. Usually I'm not quick to rank rookies so high, but Najee Harris, running back 11. I have him at 13. I have Antonio Gibson at 12, who did not make the list either. But, yeah, I mean, the Steelers – I think the Steelers are absolutely hilarious. I think they're – this is like – a absolute joke what they've done these past two years sticking with Ben Roethlisberger deciding to go running back in the first round they're basically like this is what people say with being loyal for too long in sports like there's a difference between loyalty and stupidity like Ben Roethlisberger was trash last year there's no denying that and now they spent the first round pick on Najee Harris so they could get back to the good old days when they had Le'Veon Bell as a two-way star running back like, it's very good for fantasy purposes. And Najee Harris, I have met 13. Like I said, I do think it's going to reap the benefits. I just find it super hilarious. And I think the Steelers are have it's just a, a very bad offseason for the Steelers. I'll close this out by listing Najee Harris's comps on the Brodo app. Um, this is glorious. Der- Derek Henry, Melvin Gordon, Matt Forte, Darren McFadden, Le'Veon Bell. So the comps say... The man is a stud at six. What do the comps say? And I'd also like to note, <laughs> not the same order, but our consensus top twelve is my top twelve, like all the same players. Interesting. Oh. Uh, Interesting. Very... You have Najee at twelve, Jay. I have Najee have at Najee twelve. 12? Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So 11, 12, 13. That's a good way to to finish this off. Um, 
we're not done yet. We have we are going to be going over running backs thirteen through twenty four. Well, fourteen through twenty four because uh, we already went over DeAndre Swift. But Tim cheated. <laughs> we're going to be going over thirteen through twenty four, but we're not going to be doing it for free. We're give we've given you enough for free. It's good for free. You got you got for the you got the free. Now you, you gotta, gotta pay, pay up. Pay the money. Now right? you gotta pay up, kid. You gotta pay up. And the way you do that is patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to support the show and get access to exclusive episodes like these um, extended rankings episodes and also uh, many, many more, the waiver episodes during the year and and much, much more. Also, you get to try everything first. You get to play in Broto Leagues. You get to play in Broto Dynasty Leagues if you are special enough. Uh, we actually just had a uh, an orphan team get scooped up uh, right in the middle of the rookie draft, so that was a very interesting uh, situation. We'll we'll also be going over the rookie draft a little bit uh, for the Broto Dynasty League in the Patreon. So we're gonna be going over that and uh, you know a little double trouble for you for your snubbles and your nubbles. If sure, you snubbles yeah. with the stubbles or whatever you just said, <laughs> Jason. Where can they find you? At Broto FF Jason. Michael. At Broto FF Mike. You can find Cass at Broto FF Casanova, and you can find me at Broto FF Tim. You see what we did there? You can get us all again, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Don't forget to download the app, uh, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, available now everywhere you get applications. Um, and what else? Oh, don't forget the website. How can we forget the website? BrotoFantasy.com. That's where everything is. That's where everything was. That's where everything will be. Um yay. yay. Latest article is by yours truly, uh, called The Island of Misfit Toys, talking about some of the veteran free agents that are still out there that can still make an impact. I decided not to put Todd Gurley on the list because I'm like, ah, nah. But there's four other guys on that list who could make a big impact, uh, although one of them is not technically a free agent, but um, I, I just wanted to talk about him a lot. Go check out the article. See what I'm talking about. Later. Later. Later.